0: Our reading today is from 2 Timothy, chapter 3, verses 10 to 17, and is found on page 1196 of the Church Bibles. A final charge to Timothy. You, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, and endurance, persecutions, sufferings. What kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, the persecutions I endured? Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while even doers and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those for whom, from whom you learnt it and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As we
1: come to the word, let's just bow our heads and pray. And trusting this moment to the Lord, let's pray. Heavenly Father, our great God and loving King, we thank you for everything that you give to us. Your goodness, your grace, our creation, our preservation, uh, wonderfully in Christ, our salvation, And we pray that as we come now to your holy, life-giving, precious word, so you would teach us afresh, uh, shape us in the likeness of your son, Jesus Christ, that we might live for his glory and therefore be a blessing to each other, to the world, and honor your great name. We pray now then that uh, the the, the words of my mouth and the thoughts, the meditations of all our hearts, as your spirit works in our midst, would it be pleasing in your sight. We pray it in and through Jesus Christ, your son. Amen. Well, greetings once again. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. What, a, what a privilege. Um, what a joy to be here uh, with you on this Sunday. Uh, as mentioned before, we, we serve, uh, as I said earlier, we serve uh, away from here, uh, back in Kenya. Uh, we arrived, we're here really to see Rachel's family, but also to visit churches like yourselves, who pray and support us uh, and friends as well. And we arrived in the country on Monday, uh, Monday evening. This is our first Sunday on this trip uh, um, um, to visit a church. This is our first Sunday visiting a church on this uh, trip. And it's great, I think. I was sharing with the people we were praying with. It's great. I think it's fitting we start the trip here at Emmanuel uh, back in too, too long ago now, I think, <laughs> back in 2003, I, I began really um, exploring the call to ministry here when David Baker was uh, the vicar. Um, and it was from this church, in fact, um, in 05, in where I was selected by the Bishop of Southwark to proceed and train uh, for ministry. This basically is down to Emmanuel. Um, and so as I'll, I'll be saying later to other churches, if they have any issues with me, they need to come. <laughs> so, <laughs> They need to come. Uh, they need to come here. Um, so we, we really do have a special connection with Emmanuel. We, we, it's, a, it's, a, it's a privilege, truly. It's a joy. Lovely to be here. Uh, and I say, I think, fitting, wonderfully fitting, that we start our church visits here. Our last visit was back. We were again here. That time, I don't. I'm not sure I preached, but we were back in 2019, uh, again in the summer. And much has changed since then. Um, I can see some new faces, uh, new and different faces, but old and. Uh, familiar ones too. I didn't, I didn't know actually until the prayer time. I didn't know June um, is in hospital. So I'm a bit disappointed by that, but that's fine. We also have changed. I'm sure you've noticed. I certainly have less hair. <laughs> um, but more seriously, the children have grown. Um, since we were here that time, we hadn't started the church plant. We have. Uh, and there's so much that's been encouraging. And because I'm not sure I'll get a chance, I want to really thank you very much from the bottom of my heart I know you regularly pray for us thank you so much um, and i know you generously give to us again wonderful thank you so much um, i hope i hope we're not dashing off i hope we you can we can get to connect reconnect with a few uh, after the service now to our sermon uh, to the word um i gather um from bart and others you have been working through the book of 2 timothy um And last week, you looked at the first half of the chapter that was read um, a minute ago, 2 2 Timothy chapter 3. Um, So Bart Bart said, you've done the first half, I need to continue from there. And that's what we're doing from verse 10, second half of the chapter, 2 Timothy 3, uh, focusing on verses 10. 17 uh, that's where we'll be uh, hovering um, uh, today first and, and, and I'm sure you've had this before but it's good a bit of background because um, actually it connects closely with what I'm what we will be looking at in this section a bit of background the book of 2 Timothy as I'm sure you've been told you've heard it I'm sure was written by the apostle Paul um, but we'll, as we'll see actually as, it, as that section ends he makes an astonishing claim. Um, about who it was who um, enabled and equipped him to write this book. Paul Paul wrote it, yes, he tells us, uh, but behind him, uh, the person who inspired him, enabled him, uh, was someone greater and truly trustworthy um, that gave him the truthful words of scripture to write. So Paul is the one who wrote the book, and in doing so, again, a bit of background, he is writing first not to us, not to us, he's writing first, uh, not even to the church in general, he's speaking in the first instance to his young, uh, how do we describe it, his young um, protege or student. Uh, We might say his his disciple, really, uh, Timothy. Uh, He's writing to someone he'd been, um, very popular word nowadays, someone he'd been mentoring in ministry. And that's why the book is called Timothy. First Timothy, first, letter, first letter to Timothy, previous book. This book, second Timothy, his second letter to this young uh, pastor that he was training. And in it, really, he tries to in this section, he covers two things. This is an, a senior pastor writing to a younger one to tell him, "Look, life in the world is messy, but let me show you how, especially those who are in leadership, are to live. And beyond that, as you preach, as you teach this word, what should give you confidence to teach it? Where should that confidence come from? How, how, how confident should we be about the word of God? Where should that come from? And so I want to touch on those two things for our reflection together. Let's start. I want us to go back to the reading. If you've got your Bible open, you can either look down or listen. Um, I want to read again verses 10 to 14. Okay, I want to to read verses 10 down to 14 again. And notice as I read how it's clear these two people knew knew each other very well. Uh, There's a clear connection here in the way Paul writes. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 10, I want to read to 14. Paul writes, you, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance persecutions, sufferings. What kind of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra? The persecutions I endured, yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evildoers and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. I hope you notice, there's, there's clearly a very personal touch we get here. Right? These are Paul is writing, it's a letter, yes, but they, it's not just a superficial, I'm writing, hello, how are you? They clearly know each other well. Okay? Paul uh, is, is sharing about his life, and he can say, you, however, know, listen to this, all about my teaching, my way of life. Tremendous, really. Um, think, think for a moment. H- how many people... Uh, in your close circle even would you be able to say you however know all about my teaching all about my way of life my purpose my faith and so on and so forth Um, even I dare I say it, even for some couples um, even in some families not everyone can speak this way of each other Um, so it's clear just reading that closing section of the chapter that Paul and Timothy were close uh, they knew each other, and Paul had, as it were, truly shared his life with this younger pastor. Now, I want, to, I want to pause there for a minute. In fact, for a few minutes. I want to just pause there and apply this to us today here. So, yes, it's written, this is for, to a, from a senior pastor to a younger one, but there's something we can take from Paul's method in encouraging Timothy to live a godly life. Okay, There's something we can learn in this way. Um, we, we um, even though we're not pastors, most of us, uh, there's always someone looking up to you. There's always someone who's a disciple of you. There's always someone who's following in your way. You know, your parents, the children, in your place of work, there's someone. At school, in the home, at the gym, at the park, even among little children, always, they, there's always someone they're looking up to. And if you're around them, that's, it's likely that it's you. We, we've seen it with our own kids. Um, over this year, we, we've, we've, one of the things, strategies we, we've adopted to try and help them, um, when things are a bit crazy, and certainly when we want to see good manners, good behavior at the table, we've begun this thing of telling them, look, it's the it's queen's jubilee, so we said, look, if you got a chance to meet the queen, that is not how you'd behave at the table, when they're being messy. Okay. And the other day, I had Susanna, the number three child, telling Bethany, that is not how you'd behave if you met the queen, <laughs> to little Bethany. Okay? She's, she's seen and heard what we're doing, And then that's being transferred. So whether you like it or not, all of us have someone who's looking up to us and imitating us in one sense. And so here's my question to us. How confident, how at ease would you be to say to someone, you know, as Paul says, about my way of life. You know about my purpose, my faith, my patience, incredible, my love, and so on and so on. And here's the connection to us. That's why I'm making this connection. In the previous section, I think you looked at this last week, Paul tells Timothy, the world is a messy place. Okay? The descriptions Paul uses at the beginning of the chapter could as well easily be used to describe our age today. Okay? Let me read actually a few of them. Look at chapter 3, the beginning. He says, and he's speaking about the time then. Paul says to Timothy, chapter 3, verse 1, But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, and so on and so forth. Paul is telling him, Timothy, as you look around, things are not pleasant, they're not easy. Um, and he, as he continues on, he actually mentions, that's why we know it's about the time then, as he continues the reading, um, verse 8, he mentions two specific people. actually live at that time he says just as Janus and jambres opposed moses so also these teachers who are teaching horrible things oppose the truth they are men of depraved minds who as far as the faith is concerned are rejected but they will not get very far because as in the case of those men their folly will be clear to every one so Timothy thinks they're crazy, and as I said, you might look at that list and think it's today, but he's telling Timothy then that there are people you would need to avoid, these two specifically. And the interesting thing that Paul does is he doesn't say to Timothy, look, the world is crazy, you've got bad teachers in the culture. He doesn't just say, you should not be like that and leave it there. Rather, you know about my way of life. That's the exhortation. It doesn't say, look, world is bad, D- ignore them or do-, do differently. You know, Timothy, about my way of life. You know how I've lived. Imitate and follow that. Paul's pattern in calling Timothy to walk the right way is to say, that's what the world looks like, but you look at me. Okay? And the implicit, uh, the implicit call is that when we're discipling people, when people are looking up to us, we should be a model of what we want to see okay how, how is your life as a model for what you'd like to see in others okay how is let me put it this way how is your life consistent with the good things you desire to see say in your children um, in your grandchildren in the workplace in the neighborhood around here in your school would you be able to say, uh, this is how things are, but you look at me. Does your life, I think essentially what Paul tells Timothy is, Let, look at me, my life is testament and is consistent with the gospel. Is your life consistent with the gospel? That's what he's telling him. Okay, You know about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, my faith, that's really taking us to Christ, my patience, my love, my endurance, my persecutions. Why was that? Paul was persecuted because of the gospel. Okay, For saying that Jesus is the only way to the Father and the gift of eternal life Um, because of his death and great resurrection. Paul was persecuted and and, uh, what else? Persecuted and suffered because of that. And he's saying, look at me. I didn't abandon the gospel. I've been faithful to it. Follow me. And so... um, Again, I want to ask that question. I think it's really pertinent for us. How is your life aligned to the gospel? How is your life aligned to the gospel? Okay. One of the most powerful ways to reach the nations, to reach those out in the world, and it's something actually you could pray for us out in Nairobi, um, to reach those who are not bothered about Christ and his gospel is to live um, that in a way that would not make you ashamed to say, but you know about my way of life. Okay, In in the world of the minute, everyone, you hear it especially amongst um, children's and youth ministry. Um, Chris might be able to tell us more. There's a longing in the world of the minute for something called authenticity. That's what people want. Genuineness. Um, People who, men and women, children who say what they mean and mean what they say. We want that. Uh, It's one of the reasons, I think, not to get... uh, I hope I'm not uh, trying not to get too political, I think it's one of the reasons that what's happened in the past fortnight has happened in politics. Right? Um, people don't like it when leaders say one thing, as some of them have done, and then yet they're doing something else. We don't like it. Um, we don't. We don't. We don't. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't sit well with us. Uh, And so we want to be different. We want to be those who live a life that is consistent with the gospel. Let me give a small example. In the family context, I'm always surprised. Parents come to me uh, complaining. Oh, oh, complaining, is that right? People saying, look, I I can't understand it. My kids, they they never want to be outdoors. They they always want to be on their screens, social media and so on, complaining all the time. And um, yeah, back when we were kids, uh, we, we had to be pleaded with to come inside. Now, kids have to be pleaded with to go, <laughs> to go outside. Um, but here's, sometimes I say to parents, like, okay, I'd like to know what your social media usage is like. Right? I'd like to know what it's like. Because I've seen parents who come to me, they're complaining, but they're always on the phone, even in church. Right? They're always like scanning and forwarding things and checking their updates. And then they're surprised when their kids follow in that footstep. It would be impossible in that instance to say, you know about my way of life, follow me. Couldn't do it. How is your life consistent to the truth of the gospel? Is it a life lived in faithfulness to Jesus Christ? Um, Old Anglican Bishop of Liverpool, a man called J.C. Ryle, uh, powerfully said, I'm going to read this quote, he said, a Christian is a walking sermon sermon. They preach far more than the minister does, for they preach all week long. Right? A Christian is a walking sermon. They preach far more than the minister does, and that's true, for they preach all week long. And Paul is showing Timothy, I've lived my life honestly and openly and truthfully before you. Uh, Follow me in that kind of genuineness. So how is your life? I want to encourage us to live a life faithful to Christ and his gospel. Then as people around us look, we can say, in those tough times especially, with our culture changing, we can say, you know about my life, I'm consistent to the gospel. I uh, imitate and follow the path that I've taken. Now, um, as we seek to live a life that is faithful to Christ, what, what is the, it's all very well saying, live a life faithful to the gospel, but what is the source, where, where do we get that? Uh, what, what is the thing that will guide us to faithfulness? How, how are we going to be sure that we're on the right way? Um, well, the last few verses of the chapter show us. And so, let's return to it. We did, we read ten to fourteen. Um, uh, so, I want to now read um, the remaining bit. We, did, we read actually ten to thirteen. Um, I want to now read verse fourteen. Uh, I want to read verse fourteen. Okay. Verse 14, but as for you, okay, there's another contrast. Look, look I'm, I'm going to tell you now, Timothy, you've had what the world is like. Let me tell you how you're going to live. As for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you have learned it, and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in, Jesus, in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So live a life faithful to the gospel and you know my life, Timothy. Where do I get that guidance? Paul tells him by looking to the word of god deepen the convictions of the word of god as you've been taught it okay and again notice how it's very that that teaching is very conclude very closely linked to the people who are around you who've taught you right but as for you continue in what you have learned and i become convinced of because of you know because you know those from whom you have learned it Timothy is told to keep on in what he has learned because of who it was who taught it to him. There's a consistency there. Uh, the Bible keeps going back to this dynamic of those who disciple, uh, mentor, teach, parent. Uh, if you lead others in any way, uh, not just church pastors, there's that connection, that you should, your life should be consistent to the word that you teach. And then immediately after saying that, um, he, then, he then immediately after saying keep, keep to that pattern, remember those who taught, taught you Paul then says they were teaching you the word of God, remember the word okay? you know the scriptures Paul says to Timothy there's a, there's a double knowing there, you know the people who taught you but you also know the thing they were teaching you, the word of God itself you're familiar with it you know that word and so you are to hold on and cling to and follow that word notice as well really interesting that Paul says Paul knew about that word from infancy I think that's interesting Paul says you knew about the scriptures verse verse 15 and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures Uh, it doesn't say from your teenage years he doesn't say from his youth not in his twenties and thirties but from his infancy, I, I'm, I'm, um, I'm, I'm disappointed sometimes when you get this vibe, this impression from parents, they're waiting for their children, like, oh yeah, we, have you been reading the Bible? We're waiting for them to be older, then we'll do it. Paul doesn't seem to have that impression. He seems to say, you, Timothy, knew about the word of God from your infancy. Infants, I would say, can get something of the word of God. Okay? We don't wait until they're older and then we start teaching it to them. You don't wait. Let's think about it from another perspective. No one waits. It's interesting, isn't it? No one waits until the child is older to start teaching them language. Okay? Or what words mean. We don't say, ah, they can't understand. I love you, so I won't tell it to them. And if we we did with things that matter to us so much, like how we communicate, why not with the word of God? Speak with them. uh, Teach them. Sing with them. Um, um, share the life of God with you know what are you learning spend what you can uh, in connecting the word of God to the children of God uh, those who are young in our midst second thing to notice and we're almost done um, and much more really this whole section much more could be said but notice who the scriptures ultimately come from okay reminder of who they come from Uh, You're there being told, keep coming back to this book. And Timothy needs to know, well, why this book? Where does it come from? Verse 16, all scripture is God-breathed. All scripture is God-breathed. It comes from God. Genesis 1.1 to Revelation uh, 22, last chapter of the Bible. All in between, lists of of names like in Numbers or 1 Kings. All of it comes from God. God. Everything in Scripture was inspired, was breathed, came from the living God. And and let me go back and connect it to children. This is why, by the way, we can confidently teach it to infants and children, little children. God is the one who made us, He's the one who forms us right from the womb, it tells us in the Psalms. Who, therefore, knows us better than God Himself? Who, Who is closest to us at every moment than God Himself? He's the one who knows us, he's close to us, therefore he can communicate to us as we share the word with those who are around us. The other reason, of course, we can be confident that this book comes from God is the way it's able to do. It's tremendous. It's got lots of functions that it can do. We're told it can teach, verse 16, it can rebuke, Right. Actually, let's start earlier. It starts in verse 15, sorry. We're told it can make you wise for salvation. We could say it can equip you, enable you to know about salvation, to know about the hope, the forgiveness, the love we have in Christ. Verse End of um, verse 15. 16, it can teach, positive. It can rebuke, negative. It can correct, negative. It can train in righteousness, both positive and negative. And then there's a the last one, verse 17. It can equip for every good work that's an astonishing range astonishing range right there um, equips for every good work meaning when you think about it there's no area of your life business family uh, it world technology uh, money work there's nothing in the spectrum of life that the word of god cannot address it can equip you for not some not most but every good work. That's what God's Word can do. Um, and so, as an aside, two, two things and then we'll, we'll conclude two things. Uh, as an aside, I, I do hope there's a sense in which when you come to church, you should expect both, well, through, through the years or through the months, you should expect, expect both positive and negative. That's what we're told the Word does. It rebukes, it challenges, it encourages, it trains. Okay? So um, when when people speak at this pulpit, I do hope you're not always thinking, if I get anything that challenges me, I'm not going back there again. Right? Um, That's how sadly, increasingly in our culture, many people respond to the word of God. Uh, Whenever they're rebuked or challenged, they're like, I've had enough. I'm not going back there again. That is to basically say, I will only take God's words on my terms. It is to treat yourself like God. Uh, if I agree with what I'm hearing, then I'll take it. Uh, if I disagree with it, then I'll reject it. Uh, Winston Churchill was once quoted as saying, I don't often hear from God, but when I do, he sounds very much like me. Okay. Uh, so so uh, that's like, I, I, I'm, I'll take what, what is good to my thinking. But um, anything else, uh, that's, I, I, I don't take that as God's word. That is to treat yourself like God, basically. If you're not happy to take, Paul says the word does correcting, teaching, rebuking, and training in righteousness. Um, and so, like with children, little children and food, we are called to take, consume, consume. Jesus says the word of God is like food. Man does not live by bread, on bread alone, but on every word, on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And like with children and food, therefore, we don't just pick the bits we want. When God relays his food, we eat everything that is given uh, to us. Martin Luther, a German reformer from the 1500s said, Feelings come and feelings go and feelings are deceiving Uh, my warrant is the word of God not else is worth believing okay Uh, feelings come and feelings go and if we're going to respond to this book by feelings there are times it'll challenge us Uh, but we would be unwise wrong actually sometimes to say oh the, the feeling is challenging oh I'm not liking this I'm going to pull back feelings come and they go and many times they can be deceiving Uh, let it be that the rock on which we build our lives the the stability is the word of god that's the thing that is sure and does not change when we put that all together and see the extent to which the word of god can shape us positive and negative equip us for every good work we're reminded this truly is the word of god this year you've been celebrating the queen's jubilee we've tried to join along from kenya uh, 70 years of service to the United Kingdom. What a queen. What a queen. Um, I, think, um, I think most people would mean it, even, even Republicans, so-called, when, when we sing the national anthem. Okay? Long live our noble queen, truly. Uh, long to reign over us. What a great example I think she has been. Though you must, <laughs> you must feel a bit of uh, pain for Prince Charles, waiting all these years, <laughs> and still waiting for his job. Um, he should be getting his pension, but still waiting, poor lad. Um, but think about the queen for a minute. There's something I think there's something tremendous in her that matches up with what she says. There's something tremendous about her. Okay? Um, her life has been consistent. There's been no controversy. She's been faithful, wonderfully. She was faithful in marriage. She could, I think, legitimately, like Paul does with Timothy, she could legitimately say to her children, grandchildren, look, the world has changed, Um, things are going crazy, but as for you, follow my way of life. Walk in my pattern. And and I want to suggest that one of the reasons why she's like that is I think it's because she took seriously what she was told when she was crowned back in 1953, maybe. Because yeah, okay. when she was crowned, she was given you, If you've seen the service, she was given a Bible Old Bible, the coronation service And she stole these words Oh gracious queen We present to you with this book The most valuable thing This world affords okay? The queen of England With all her wealth and power And majesty is told You might have all that But here's the most valuable thing this world affords And I want to say, for each one as we rejoice in the queen that God has given us to rule at this time, we too would uh, do no worse than to hold on to this book, remembering from whom it comes, the Lord himself, that he desires it for our good, that every good work, we might do every good work, and at the end, receive eternal life. May we walk in that path with the word as our guide. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let me pray for us, and then Colin can come and conclude the service. Heavenly Father, thank you for these uh, great examples, men and women of true faith in Christ, who walk the way of the gospel, lives consistent to the gospel. Thank you for how truly you changed the life of this apostle Paul from a rebel, uh, a persecutor of believers, to one who lived a life faithful to Christ. And here in this testament, he can say to Timothy, you know about my life, my love, my patience, my endurance, my suffering, all that because of the gospel. And we pray that we too, with those who have those around us who, influence, who we influence, parents, grandparents, at work, uh, in the neighborhood, we pray that we too would live such consistent lives by the power of the gospel, that we might be able to call others to follow us, to walk with us, even as we look to Christ. Father, we pray that where we have sinned, where we have failed, you'd be gracious to us by this same Jesus Christ. Cleanse us, renew a right spirit within us, restore us to joy and help us to serve and live faithfully. We pray too that as we do that, our guide would not just be our own feelings, our own words, our own ways, but the very word of God, this word that makes us wise for salvation, which corrects, which rebukes, which trains in righteousness, that we might be equipped for every good work, may it be the word of God, this book that is the most valuable, the most precious gift that any could have. Help us to cling to it, to read it, to reflect on it, ultimately to live in Christ by it. Help us, we pray. We cannot do it by ourselves. And so we pray that your spirit would help us be found faithful as we await that day when then we will see you face to face and be with you forever. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.